0: Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, welcome to this Tuesday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes, follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliable right prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So we do have a couple big things to talk about in today's episode. One of them being part two of that big Penguins fan poll that The Athletic did. Sean Gentilly came out with the article this morning. I had a tweet about one of the things in there that was just ridiculous, I think, in my opinion. So we're going to go through that. In the first segment, and in the second segment, um, there were some rumors that Tomas Hertl wants out of San Jose, and he is, you know, very underrated. I think throughout the league, um, I'm going to touch on that from a Penguins perspective, and um, just basically put, a, you know, one or two trade packages together that I think the Penguins could potentially do. I just don't think Doug Wilson is a very good GM. Now, is this probably going to happen? No. Is it possible? Sure. Is it improbable? I, I guess I would say, yeah. You know, it's probably not going to happen, but hey, you know, we're at the end of August, or I guess almost September now. So it wouldn't really be the end of the offseason if we weren't just, you know, stringing together some BS for the sake of it. And just and that's just, I mean that with Penguins Twitter, because, you know, we always do this when any uh, good player becomes available. But starting off with the uh, Penguins fan survey that Sean Gentile came out with today, uh, part two, at least uh, from the fans. Um, the first question was, how confident are you that the Penguins' current group of forwards when healthy King, can compete against elite teams? Most of the people said around 4 out of 5, so 43.1%. That was what I voted for as well. Um, I think the forward depth, I've talked about this numerous times. If this is your first episode listening, um, I, I think the depth is good. Um, is it as good as last year's team? No. Um, but I think it's still one of the more deeper teams that the Sin and, G- and Gino era um, has had. Question two, if Sidney Crosby at his peak was a 10, how would you rate him going into the season? Most of the votes were about an 8 out of 10. I think that's honestly where he is now. I mean, he's definitely not a 10. I mean, you know, this is not 2010, 2011, 20, even 2012 peak Sidney Crosby. There was a lot of votes for um, a 7. That was about 30% of the votes. But, you know, mo- again, most of the votes went for an 8 out of 10, 48.7%. Um, 13% said a 9. I-, I guess I could see an argument for that. Um, but I still think he, you know, he's 80%. I think of what he was um, about a decade ago. Now here's question three. This was this was a bit interesting. What? So the question was, what are your expectations for Jake Gensel? 2,000 responses. Uh, 56% of the people said consistent first liner. Um, I was in the camp of the the second biggest one, which is 40 goal pace. Um, 34.6% of the voters had that. I 100% think that he can have another 40-goal season for the Penguins this year. I don't know why some people said trade bait, 9.2%. You're just – stop talking about the Penguins if you put uh, trade bait for Jake Gensel. But, um, you know, we, we've seen him score 40 before. Um, remember the season that he had to – actually, it was just not this past season, but the season before that, before the pause. Um, he was on pace to score 40 goals again before he really messed up his shoulder. Um, and, you know, he was, I guess, close again this year. But, you know, with – well, I shouldn't say he was close again this year, just because it was only um, fifty-six games. But the dude still had twenty-three goals uh, in those fifty-six games. If you do another eighty-two game season, this player is still twenty-six years old. Um, if if you do another eighty-two game season, I think that he will crack forty. So, um, and of course, you know he also plays on a line with Sidney Crosby, so that also really helps him too. Um, but, you know, even just looking past that, he's still an elite playmaker in his own right, right. And I think one of the five best pure goal scorers in the league. You know, I said that during this past season. I'm going to stick with that. There are not five goal scorers in this league, I think, that are better than him with how quick his release is. You just you, you give him the smallest inch of time and space, he makes you pay every step. Of the way. So, question four which projected bottom six winger is the best bet to play his way into a larger role? This actually split the fan base up a little bit as well, but 48% of the viewers voted for Brock McGann. That was, I think my vote as well, though I did give a lot of consideration to Danton Heinen because, you know, I've talked about this on one of my episodes before that I think he could have a really good season, similar to what he did in Boston when he was a half a point per game player. But you know, with what they signed Brock and how good he was offensively this past year, coupled with usually how good defensively he is, this was a no brainer. They're going to start him out. I would guess on the third line with Jeff Carter, but, um, if Evgeny Malkin has to miss a lot more time, um, than it's expected, Um, I could see him definitely playing his way into a top six role. Um, It's kind of weird that Evan Rodriguez had more votes than Danton Heinen. I don't really understand that. And then Aston Reese was the next one at 21%. That's interesting to me as well. I always just see him as a bottom six winger. Um, I really think if he plays his way into a larger role, it's just going going to be because the team is really banged up. I just don't really see him... Playing in the top six this season. I've seen some couple people throw that around, but I just in my opinion, I, I don't see it. Uh question five, Brian Ross' contract expires after the season. How much would you be willing to pay him annually on his new deal? Uh most of the people said five. 5.5 million. That was where I fell. Uh, the next most said 5.6 to 6 million. Um If you can get him for 5 to 5.5, you do that every step of the way. The biggest thing though with him is term. Do you want to go 6 to 7 years? Probably not. I think you're looking at a 4 to 5 year deal. If he wants more years and he wants more term, you walk away and you figure something out um during the next offseason. It would just be really foolish to sign him to more than a four to five year term and uh with more than five to five and a half million. I think if you're paying five point six to six million for long term for him, that's just not going to play out the way that I think some people think it would. You know, just look what happened with Patrick Hornquist and then Jim Rutherford just kind of screwed with himself a little bit. Um, the other question, with Russ doesn't have a new contract by the deadline, should the Penguins trade him? Um, 53% of the people say yes. Uh, 46% of the people say no. This one's interesting too because... Um, If the team is still in contention, which they probably will be, they're not going to trade Brian Rust. So, again, this was definitely one that was a bit weird. Now, if the team is out of the playoffs by the deadline he doesn't have a new contract, yes. Then you definitely trade him. See what kind of haul you could get because I think the Penguins could get quite the package back. I think he would be one of the best rentals available at the deadline where Hextall could kind of be in a bidding war. I don't see that happening because they're still all in right now. Um, but wanted to share that one as well. Going down a little bit more, um, let me just see. Uh, after Chris tang and Brian Dumlin, who will be the Penguins' best defenseman next season, 57% of you made the right choice with John Marino. Uh, 24% of you said Mike Matheson. I don't really understand that because I think Marcus Pedersen is better than him. Uh, P.O. Joseph has the ability to be better than him. Um, it's just the, the love affair with Mike Matheson with this fan base is definitely a bit weird. And I come to question 12 now, which is what I'm going to be spending the remainder of this segment talking about. So the question was, if you had to keep either Mike Matheson or Marcus Pedersen for the duration of their contracts, who would it be? Remember everyone, Pedersen is signed for only at just a few more years at 4 million, like 4.09 million. Matheson is signed for five more years at around 4.84.9 million. Almost 68% of the voters said they would rather have Mike Matheson for the remainder of his contract over Marcus Pedersen. I just, I don't understand the logic with the Penguins fan base when it comes to Mike Matheson. And just honestly still dumping over Marcus Pedersen. And I tweeted this out on my personal Twitter as well. I mean, there's so many people that hate Marcus Pedersen for... Being soft, not being good in front of the net, in quotation marks, or behind the net. Um, but I guess people did not realize how bad Matheson was defensively last year. And the funny thing is, as some people were talking about in my mentions, you know, people are giving Matheson so much praise, but yet when Latang Le- does something bad, like Matheson does, They'll dump on over him, but give Matheson a pass just because I think he's only been here for a year or something. And Dan Hopper, who was a great follow on Penguin Twitter, honestly probably summed it up the best. You know, th- these polls are usually more rational, but I guess some of this consisted of the same people saying, you know, that Pedersen is soft and that you know he's not physical and he doesn't provide a lot of offense. And I I also think that people are just really overvaluing, you know, Matheson's really good play, and that was just that coast to coast goal against the Bruins. And you know, we all know what we're gonna get in Pedersen. He's a defensive first player. He's good at handling the puck in his own zone. He's good at zone exits, zone entries even. He's obviously not going to wow you with a lot of coast-to-coast moves and not be super flashy in the offensive zone, but he's steady year after year, but apparently that's not good enough for a lot of people in his fan base and they want to see a full chaos player Mike Matheson, you know, just be, again, just total Bonkers on a nightly basis just because you never know what you're going to get when it comes to Matheson. I, I personally would rather have Pedersen at his contract over Matheson. I mean, if you can get someone to take Matheson's contract, you do that any day of the week. I mean, again, that's five years, $4.875 million compared to... for Pedersen for four more uh, years. And again, I'm not going to deny that Matheson brings more offensively, but I mean, are we really going to say that that offsets the really bad term and the cap expense? I mean, I guess some of the voters seem to think so, um, but I 100% disagree with that. And I also think this has been a a thing with the fan base going back so many years. You know, as CK in my mention said this, you know, people hated Matt Niskan in his first two years here, Paul Martin and McCulloch as well. I guess fans just don't like smart second-pairing defenders if they don't hit and score score much, excuse me. And I think he's 100% right. I mean, Paul Martin, great defensively. I mean, he was good on the top pair, but, uh, you know, on a contending team, you would rather have him on your second pair. Same with McCulloch. But I guess, you know, fans, again, they just don't like him because he didn't, Hit a lot, he didn't put up a lot of flashy offensive numbers, but they were still good, effective players who didn't drag the team down. On a nightly basis, so I think it's just more weird than anything that so many people in the fan base seem to be hyping up Mike Matheson, and they'll they'll give him a pass for stuff that Latang fails at because he's only been here for one year. But you know, again, if Latang makes that same dumb mistake, they'll just pile on him and tell everyone on social media that they should get rid of him and that he's the worst defenseman to ever play for this team. So um, it's definitely a bit weird those I wanted to share those thoughts on that question. Um one of the next ones is POJ ready to be a significant contributor. Uh 85% of you say yes. I voted for that as well. Um and then this was one that I think that caught a couple some people. Uh, I it was kind of split down the middle. What, what is the biggest concern going into next season? About half, close to half of the voters said age 47.5% um, 34.3% said size. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I don't give a rat's ass about the size of this team going into 2021. I think the age uh, plays a lot more of a role than how big this team is. And, you know, the goaltending is not even on... Um, this pie chart. I mean, the next two are power play and penalty kill. But I guess Sean does say after that, like they left the goaltending off for obvious reasons because I think they think that everyone knows that that's the biggest uh, concern. But after that, I mean, age is right, but I don't understand how people think size is one of the biggest concerns going into next season. You know, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning are not even one of the biggest teams in the league and they just went back to back. You know, the, the, the Penguins did the same thing right before Tampa did. So... It really doesn't make a difference with how big your team is. But I just wanted to go through some of these questions and share my thoughts and what I voted for while also kind of disagreeing with a large portion of the fan base uh, when it comes to Mike Matheson versus Marcus Pedersen. But coming up in the next segment, we are going to touch on some Tomas Hurdle Trade Talk and what uh, packages could be thrown at Doug Wilson and the San Jose Sharks if they... Uh, choose to trade him of course but first we do have to touch on rock auto you can save time and money when using rock auto why should you choose to spend 30 percent 50 percent even 100 percent more for the same parts from a chain store car dealership they are a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years the prices are reliably low for every customer they have everything you can need from brake parts tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet you can go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, and you can write Locked On in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, right below prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. Now, Movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract that you need to sign. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and you get your TV together with Direct TV Shame. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is DirectTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Alright, so welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, there's been a lot of rumors around the league. Well, I guess today um, around the league about Tomas Hurdle and that you know he could be on his way out because it sounds like he doesn't like how the Sharks are handling the Evander Kane situation. Um, that is just a huge mess with what's going on with him. That guy is just a, a walking bad story. Every single year. He has so much baggage on him. It's it's dragging outside the door, I think, at this point. But um, he is ridiculously underrated. And I think this would really put the Penguins, um, I, I, w- I don't want to say over the top, but it would put them clearly in the same stratosphere as some of the under, other contenders around the league, such as Vegas, Tampa Bay, Boston maybe Carolina, and of course, you know, there's so many more. Um, I think it would make the team just as deep as last year's team. And if you go uh, to HockeyViz and look at what he's done with his isolated impacts for even-strength offense, plus .4 expected goals for per 60, plus 16% in the parentheses, there is so much red in all of the high-danger areas It's just... It honestly cannot get more red when it comes to how good he is in the offensive zone. And, oh, yeah... The, the other best part, he's just as good defensively. Minus .26% expected goals against for a 60. That is minus 10%. There is a whole clutter of blue right in front of the opposing net, which is exactly what you want to see when that player is on the ice. If you go to Jay Fresh's stuff, his projected wins above replacement, 92%. Even strength offense, 91%. Even strength defense, 92%. PK, 70%. Finishing ability, 85%. Uh, Goals per 60, 87%. Primary assists per 60, 89%. um, Power play percentage, 66%. This player, again, is one of the more underrated players in the league. And if we go to his counting stats with what he has done on some really bad Sharks teams as well, um, especially the last couple of years, they have just not been good. Um, you know, 2019-20 when the Sharks were not going to make the playoffs, 16 goals, 36 points in 48 games. Uh, last year in 50 games, before he got hurt a little bit, 19 goals, 43 points in the 50 games. So he was almost a point-per-game player this past season. Uh, the, year, the years before that in 2019, had his only 35-goal season, had 74 points in 77 games. So the last couple of years, you know, two of the last three years, excuse me, he's been almost a point-per-game player. And yes, I I understand that he is going to cost a whole lot on a trade. He'll probably want to go to a contending team. But, you know, that's the kind of player that you give up a lot of assets for, especially in a situation where you're trying to win one more Stanley Cup to send Gino out with four instead of three. If you look at Andy and Rono's stuff with their account with CZ on Twitter, 95th percentile for offense, 92nd percentile for scoring, 85th percentile for passing. 84th percentile for zone denials, 96th percentile for play driving, 72nd percentile for chances, shot contribution 69%, of course, which is nice. High danger assist, 60th percentile. Um, he is just ridiculously good, and he's always outchancing the opposition anytime that he is on the ice. And in terms of trade packages, I've been thinking about this a little bit today. I would move anyone on this roster that is not Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, John Marino, Brian Dumoulin, or Jake Gensel to get Tomas Hurdle. I think anyone else on this roster is fair game. Yeah, even even Jeff Carter. And I love Jeff Carter so much with what he did last year. But yes, I would even move him in that deal. A, type of, a player like this does not become available very often. I think, you know, with a couple packages that I've thought of, obviously, first round pick. One of the top prospects, you know, being Sam Pulin, Nathan Liguerre, first-round pick. So, so to start, Sam Pulin, first-round pick. And I'm going to go a little off the rails here, and I'm going to say Kasperi Kapanen. Um, I, I think it's, it, it's probably a bit of a start to a package. I think San Jose would want more. But that's still a hefty price going back the other way, especially when it comes to Kapanen, because he was one of the Penguins' uh, best goal scorers this past year. But Hurdle is one of the best two way centers in the league. He makes $5.6 million for this uh, last season. um, And Kapanen's contract also expires after this season. So, you know, you're, you're kind of just switching two players, but, you know, one of them I think is a lot better than the other one. I think another package that I've thought of. Sam Poulain, Nathan Liguary, a first round pick, and maybe P.O. Joseph to go get Tomas Hurdle. Maybe that's a bit much of an overpay, but again, I mean, this is this is an opportunity of a lifetime to go get a fourth Stanley Cup for Sid and Gino. And I absolutely love PO, and I think he's going to be a really good player for a long time, but this is Tomas freaking Hurdle that we're talking about here. Another one that I thought of, maybe you move one of the goalie prospects, your first round pick, Kisferi Kaepernick, and another piece to get him. I could honestly see it being like that Derek Brassard deal when he came over from Ottawa where the Penguins traded Philip Gustavson. I believe it was Ian Cole, and I think it was their first round pick in that draft. Um, that year as well. But to just sum this all up, um, it would be a no-brainer for the Penguins to uh, show their interest and, and get him, of course. But um, do I think this is going to happen? No. I mean, I just don't know if they're going to have the salary cap space to do it. Sure, they could put Evgeny Malkin on LTIR and kind of just go full Tampa Bay with it like they did with Nikita Kutra, But we also still have no big update with you know, The only update that we've had with him is that he's going to miss training camp and maybe a bit... Uh, to start the season, but you know, so I think Dom was in my mentions today telling me that he may miss half the season. I have not seen that reported at all, um, but I guess we're going to have to see when it comes to that. But again, everyone, you know, hurdle just makes so much sense for this team, especially down the middle, because you know, not having Gino there for potentially um, at least a quarter to what, maybe a third or even a half of the season, as Dom was saying in my mentions, that, that could be a major problem for Pittsburgh, but if they were able to get hurdle, um, that would shore up their center depth very nicely. And if you can run center depth when everyone's healthy of Sid, Gino, Thomas, Hurdle, and Teddy Bluger, and you can maybe have Jeff Carter on the wing, or you can go Jeff Carter down the middle at 4th Line Center and, and have Bluger on the wing. I mean, good luck to a lot of teams around the league stopping that. But those are just my thoughts on the hurdle situation. Tell me what you all think about some of the packages that I came up with. Was I too outlandish with some of those? Were they too big of overpayments, or were they just right? Let me know on the Locked On Penguins Twitter account at LO underscore penguins or my Twitter account at Hunter hodies. Coming up in the next segment, we are going to touch on a, a couple other things that I saw today. One of them being um BetOnline releasing their uh point odds the over under uh for all NHL teams this season and the Penguins um they're a bit below 100 and I'm going to talk about what I would do um, if I were you, with just betting on that going into um, this season. But before we do that, it's time to talk about BetOnline.ag. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college fo- football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at that online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. That is on Thursday, September 9th, between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. And even if you lose, your wager is going to be refunded up to $25. But that's for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. That's bet online, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code locked On. We also cannot forget, again, about everyone's favorite protein bar, well, at least my favorite protein bar, that is Bilt Bar. There's always something for everyone. If you don't know the flavors, there's obviously coconut, mint brownie, cherry barkia, raspberry, strawberry, orange, and so many more. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. They are all healthy and have 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs amazing flavors all tasty and all healthy you can go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your order that's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com so we're back here on this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i'm your host hunter hodes remember to follow me on twitter at hunter hodes follow the show's twitter at lo underscore penguins. so um as i was talking about before we went to our commercial break um, line released their point totals uh, going into this season, and the Pittsburgh Penguins are at 98 and a half. If my Mac ever wants to load, okay, we finally got it. So uh, the Penguins uh, over/under is 98 and a half. In my opinion, you all, I would smash the over on that. Um, I ended up tweeting that out, and you know that's I'll say this for the third time. That's when Dom came in my mentions and said that Gino might be out for half the year. I don't think it's going to be that long. I think at most it's going to be maybe a quarter to maybe 30% of the season. But even with that, I still think they can get over 98 points. I mean, remember this past season, everyone. This team was so banged up. And they were down, what, four to five top nine forwards. They still finished first in the East Division, which I thought was the toughest division in hockey. And that just speaks volumes to how great of a coach Mike Sullivan is. And, oh, yeah, I mean, the goaltending, it it hung around for that part. We obviously know what happened in the playoffs. But, you know, during those stretches, the goaltending was – a lot better than it was during other parts of the season. So that's why I would hammer the over. The Penguins usually get over 100 points uh, during a full 82-game regular season. I think they're going to get top three in the Metro. So if I were you, I would take that to the bank, even if this team is really banged up. And you know history says they will be. Um, I'd still do it just because of the job that Mike Sullivan does when this team gets hurt. It's always a next-man-up mentality. And you know for whatever reason, this team just plays much better – Hockey defensively, at least, while there are players banged up compared to when they're fully healthy. And again, you know, that's not to say that, you know, they don't play good when they're fully healthy, because I think they do. You know, they, the numbers are usually really good when the team is healthy. But I have noticed that when the team is a bit banged up, they tend to play, I guess, more in a shell in the defensive zone and they just. They'll play defense first instead of being, you know, more offense first when the team is fully rolling. But I think that will do it for today's episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. Again, I appreciate all of you listening. To this one, uh, we'll have another one of these tomorrow before I take my last off-season vacation. Um, this one will be out of the country. I don't know if I said this on my episode yesterday. I'm going to Cancun to spend my one-year anniversary with my lovely girlfriend, and then when I come back, we, we will be full steam ahead for the rest of the off-season. And then daily shows come back the week of September 20th, which is you know right around the time that Penguins training camp starts back up. So we're almost there, everyone. You know the off-season only has a few more weeks. I'm hopefully, planning a couple more things for the offseason before we get back into full gear with training camp and preseason. So keep sticking with me, and you know we'll be right at the season before you know it. So thank you all so much for listening to this one, and we'll be back on Wednesday.